Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for common sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. This is John Katsimatidis, and this is going to be a quite an interesting day. We have a packed uh, studio. We have Judge Richard Weinberg. We have Ed Cox. And we have uh, former Deputy Mayor Rudy Washington and a special guest. We have Harold Ham. Uh, he is uh, knows how to make money in oil, and he's going to talk about it. And interesting day. We got some breaking news. Breaking news. WABC. Yes, we are waiting because at any moment there is word that President Trump will be indicted yet again. Uh, here is a big message coming from the former president's Truth Social, his social media, announcing literally minutes ago, quote, I hear that deranged Jack Smith, that's the special counsel in the D.C. January 6th election case, in order to interfere with the presidential election of 2024, will be putting out yet another fake indictment of your favorite president me he says at 5 p.m which uh, just passed as you know a few minutes ago why didn't they do this 2.5 years ago why did they wait so long because they wanted to put it right in the middle of my campaign i understand that somebody at the white house yelled at him and said, uh, get me off the... You know, You're talking about Biden. To, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't want to talk. I don't want to mention names. Yeah, but you said... Somebody uh, yelled at the special prosecutor, get my name off the front page and, and go indict Trump again. And by the way, John, that to me, obviously, you look at the timing and we of said this. That three days ago. Yes, we did. And that's what I was going to say. When everything was happening with Hunter Biden and look, Devin Archer, his former best friend, testified yesterday. And remember, we had Andy McCarthy, the former and U.S. attorney. I said, what do you make of all this stuff going down with now the fact that Hunter Biden, the plead? He said, well, I guess it means that another Trump indictment's happening. And sure enough, it looks Looks like it's going to happen at any moment. This right. is disgusting. We're going to bring it to you uh, as it happens, and uh, we're standing by. We're going to be here till six o'clock. And WABC is always uh, on twenty-four hours a day. And uh, God bless America. Another day, another Trump uh, indictment. Another John. Wow. Uh, we have a special guest in, in the uh, in the studio. We have uh, Harold Ham. Uh, he'll, he'll he's going to tell us how he made a zillion dollars and uh, and. Uh, Welcome to our studio, Harold. Well, it's so so glad to be here with John. This is great, you know. Well, uh, you, you discovered you, uh, you when you were a young uh, at a young age, you discovered how to uh, make money in in oil. Uh, tell us about it. Well, you know, it, uh, I guess maybe I've been fortunate uh, throughout my career with oil and gas, but you know, we actually uh, got into something that uh, really turned the tide on you know, declining reserves in America, and that is horizontal drilling. And that that's the basis that one thing uh, gave us the energy renaissance in America and let us turn it around. And now we have uh, very close to energy independence on a BTU basis. We're even. And so that's that's fantastic. Uh, you know, if we could we get this administration back off of us a little bit, let us survive. Well, uh, this administration, and I've said it many times, and had uh, Senator Sullivan from Alaska on on Sunday, and Senator Sullivan uh, has a, an additional two hundred and fifty million, two 
250,000 barrels a day uh, authorized uh, coming in from Alaska uh, down that pipeline. And uh, he's going to have an additional 80 besides that. And uh, at one time, the Alaska pipeline was feeding the uh, 48 states 2.2 million barrels. And they were down to 375. I mean, under President Trump, we had it up to 13.1 million barrels a day uh, with four and a half million barrels coming from Canada. Canada, the ministers promised me they can bring it up to five and a half million barrels. And uh, Ed Cox, what did uh, that may be clear about Harold Hammond? He actually created horizontal drilling and fracking together. And that isn't invention, that guy, that that invention has made us energy independent. He's being modest. He, he did, Bravo. He did Bravo. Bravo. And by the way, can I say another thing about but Harold Hamm? Didn't, didn't Sudan was saying try to do the same thing? Yeah, but but, yeah. but also wait, John he, he Harold Ham underneath uh, Saudi Arabia. Where, where was he doing? Well, well, about it. But wait a minute, Harold Ham has a new book. Him how to do that? Harold Ham has a new book too. You guys, you're leaving out one Tell of the best things. The it's book, called Carol. Game Changer. Well, yeah, we're so uh, excited. You know, today's the first day of release of it. Wow, congratulations. Bravo, yeah. bravo! It's out there, and it is so important that everybody read this and understand exactly what's going on with energy. You know, energy policy is so important to America. And if we don't learn from it, then we, we're doomed to repeat the same old mistakes uh, that took us down before. So everybody needs to read and understand exactly what's going on with energy. And it's I agree with it. you. I, you know, America has 100 years worth of oil, and they're forcing us off of oil. And, and if we used our own energy, I think oil would be 55 60 $65 a barrel. Well, you know, it, it could, uh, it certainly, uh, uh, bring down the price more supply does that, uh, it's ironic, you know, we, we no more than get to energy independence than what they, they do. They pass moratorium basically that you can't drill on federal lands and, and start supporting EVs. And guess what? All the precious metals that go into those things, 85% of them comes from where? They come from China. So we're going to be well, right the, back the rest of them were coming Japan. from Afghanistan. So uh, China needed them, so we gave them Afghanistan. Yeah, so we're right back <laughs> in the box again. You're lucky laughing. China. But it's true. By the way, John, it, it's sadly crazy, it is true. true. Sadly it is true. You know the uh, other so thing? They needed, yeah, go ahead. they needed the air base in, uh, in Afghanistan Bagram. that we built for, for a few billion dollars. Bagram. So we gave, them, we gave them the air base too. Yeah, Bagram, how sad is that? You also talked about, Harold, you have a great point of the timing too. Um, not only just obviously what happened with Afghanistan, but look at also with Europe. Um, we were supplying Europe. I mean, think about how desperate uh, Europe would have been. We're in the middle of a war right now uh, with Russia and everything with Ukraine. Uh, to liquefied uh, natural yeah. gas and we could ship over to Yeah, thank that. goodness. All because of horizontal drilling. Yes, bravo, you're, you're bravo. exactly right. I mean, it would have been awfully cold last winter over there, even though they had a mild winter. You know, it would have been terribly cold, except for the LNG that was shipped from this country. Uh, one tanker as I understand, can heat uh, one million homes for a month. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's amazing. One company that I know about ships 638 tankers. I understand we're going to have dinner tonight, and we're going to have a lot of things to talk about because mm. uh, you're in the, in, the, in the right business doing the right thing for America. Well, thank you. I think, well, it absolutely is the right thing for America, and it's been a, a game changer. That's what the now, name of the book me, is. Are you giving me one of, my, one of your books tonight? 
Yes, I'm giving you a book. I'm going to give you one of my books today. <laughs> see? Right. See? This is a, this is a best-selling that, book moment. I here. mean, I know you're worth a zillion dollars, but if you read my book, you make another billion. Oh, well, good. I could always you know, read another billion. billion. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and America can use more gas. We can use more drilling. <laughs> now, you know who we have on? Uh, because of the uh, pending indictment, we have... Uh, Alan Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz. You're welcome to stay. Yeah, right. please, uh, please, if you could. Yeah, okay. let's bring in. We've got Alan Dershowitz yes. now. Alan Dershowitz, John Katzmatidis, Rita Cosby, uh, special guest in uh, in the studio, Harold Hamm, Ed Cox. Where the heck, heck are we? You have the great people in the studio. I'm sitting on Martha's Vineyard. and You're sitting, it, no. you're sitting in Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> right. What happened with Obama chef? I don't know, God. You know, um, uh, we. I'm, I'm going to be 85 uh, next month for my 75th birthday. Obama Septem- September 1st. Yeah, and I invited. He was our next door neighbor. He lived next door to us, literally separated only by a bush. And so I invited him to my 75th birthday party, and he accepted. And then the White House called and said, "The president cannot come unless you disinvite Geraldo Rivera." And oh my God. I, wow! I said to the White House. I don't disinvite friends. The president can choose whether to come or not, but I'm not disinviting Geraldo Rivera. And so the president didn't come because he didn't want to be at my 75th birthday with Geraldo Rivera. But I'm a loyal guy, and I would never, ever disinvite a friend like Geraldo just because the president of the United States didn't want to be with him. So I missed out. Well, Sid Rosenberg this morning said that you made so much money on Trump's book that you may represent him for free the second time around. Uh, well, I represented him for free the first time around. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I, I was thinking that would be no, part no, for the course. I was paid, but I gave it to charity. I didn't want to take money for that. I wanted to do it on behalf of the Constitution. I wanted to make my point. So I, I, I sent it some of it to the combined Jewish philanthropies, some of it to defend poor people who can't afford lawyers, but I didn't keep a penny of it. You know, um, Professor Dershowitz, I want to get to the big breaking news. Um, right now, uh, there are reports that the grand jury foreman is in the magistrate's office. Uh, we know that the jury uh, has apparently ended for the day. I'm talking about the grand jury in D.C. Trump put out this statement just a little bit ago saying that he somehow thought at 5 o'clock it was going to happen. He basically expects to be indicted within the next few minutes. This well, is tied to the grand jury. When the evening news will be Ex- full the... Well, you, the special counsel, right? He's yeah. waiting for the maximum audience. That's why he's doing it during Cats and Cosby. Uh, uh-huh. But uh, but what is your reaction that here it is another day. It comes, as John was just so aptly saying, it comes right after all the buzz with Hunter Biden. Uh, I mean, look at the timing of this. No, I agree with you. I think the timing reflects what's going on in America, tit for tat. Each side weaponizes the criminal justice system against the other side. And the big losers are the American people. We want a criminal justice system that's fair and used only sparsely. You only use the criminal justice system against people who have committed very serious crimes. And you don't use it against the man who's running against your boss for president unless the case is absolutely slam-dunk overwhelming. That rule was first violated by the D.A. Bragg of New York, who I like personally, but who engaged in outrageous misconduct by indicting um, President Trump on a nothing charge. 
you know, I've been teaching criminal law 60 years. I still can't figure out. Um, Professor Dershowitz, I want to go to some breaking news if we could really quick. Breaking Um, news, WABC. uh, Now, multiple news organizations are saying that the grand jury in D.C. has returned an indictment in the election probe. Uh, This is happening right now here live on Cats and Cosby, literally happening as we speak. Uh, saying that the grand jury investigating the 2020 election interference has handed up an indictment. We're trying to get some specifics, but indeed, it has now come back. Uh, your reaction real quick, uh, Professor Dershowitz, as his big news just comes in. Well, I predicted it in my book, Get Trump, and I knew it was going to happen. Um, and uh, we'll see if it's a strong indictment. If it's about the fake electors, it's not a strong indictment because the constitutional manner to challenge elections is by putting up an alternate slate of electors. If it's about the January 6th speech, which I disapprove of personally, the speech, but it's constitutionally protected because he told the people to demonstrate peacefully and patriotically. So I'm curious what the basis uh, is of the indictment and whether there's anything to it beside what we've already speculated on about, which would not form uh, a very strong indictment. But when you're going to indict the man running against your boss, you darn well better have it. The strongest possible case, like with Nixon, where both sides, both parties agreed that he should have been impeached or prosecuted if he hadn't resigned. Yeah, um, and uh, they are saying that, indeed, there has been an indictment tied to, right now, an unnamed individual in the election probe. Apparently, uh, Jack Smith, the special counsel, is scheduled also to make a statement. Uh, that's going to be happening momentarily. Uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, you have a question for Professor Dershowitz. Alan, Richard Weinberg, I want to ask you, what did you make of uh, the testimony yesterday the Devin Archer testimony, and is it strong enough evidence to uh, implicate uh, President Biden? Well, if true, it's strong enough to open an investigation about him. We have to hear his side of the story. Did he really know how his son was uh, using him? It's not enough to impeach because you can't impeach a president for alleged conduct that took place before he became president. And none of these charges uh, are about things that happened during his presidency. So um, it warrants further investigation. But just because a person's a whistleblower doesn't mean that every word they're saying is truthful. It has to be tested. We'll see if it's corroborated. We'll see. Maybe there are recordings of some of these conversations. Um, And if they are, that would be obviously much more compelling than just uh, recollection testimony. I I said the exact same same thing yesterday, Professor. You must be yeah, thinking. Well, of we always think the same way. You're, you're, you're <laughs> Great minds guy. think alike. Uh, uh, <laughs> Deputy Mayor Rudy Washington. Uh, Professor, this is uh, Rudy Washington. Sure. I hope nobody in the studio jumped on my throat. But I've heard the term tit for tat uh, too many times. I, You know, what option do we have? Uh, I paying for America at what I'm looking at. We're supposed to walk away from this and just pay no mind and nothing to see here? I mean, what they're doing to Trump, uh, what they're doing to Trump, anybody could see it's wrong. And I'm just really, really pained by what I'm looking at. Well, I agree with you. I think going after the man who's running and who's now tied 44 to 44 in the polls, running against the man who's your boss, if you're going to indict him and not become a banana republic, it has to be the strongest possible case so far, these cases, the only one that has any strength at all is the Florida case. And that's, you know, on its merits, not such a strong case because it doesn't involve him 
turning any secrets over to enemies or anything like that, just foolishly waving some classified material in front of somebody. So far, I don't think the test that is required before you go after the man running against your boss has been met. Uh, Alan Edcox, but uh, the Jack Smith's reputation from the point of view of his indictments on appeal is not good. Isn't that right? I mean, he has been very creative uh, in his interpretation of the law. And in one case, the Supreme Court uh, kicked out the case eight to zip. Well, I taught my students for 50 years. If you want to be creative, go to Hollywood. But you don't become a prosecutor if you want to be creative. Prosecutors shouldn't be creative. They should take the laws that exist, uh, be very conservative about who you indict, and don't try to make up new laws the way Bragg did and the way I think Jack Smith may be trying to do. So creativity has no room in criminal prosecution at all. Yeah, and I just want to remind everybody uh, that Jack Smith, the special counsel, is expected to speak at any moment. The grand jury has returned an indictment. They're saying for an unnamed individual, according to multiple media sources, uh, some are saying it is specifically Trump in connection with the 2020 election. How about the maintenance guy? Yeah, the, yeah, the main, by the way, speaking, and the John, speaking of which, the main media yesterday, and I'm going to say this, NBC News, I watch NBC Nightly News, they covered the maintenance guy who has now been charged uh, in another case, in the classified documents case, no coverage of Devin Hunter. What about the pizza guy? Uh, I mean, pizza? of Devin Archer, Devin Archer, that's no, no, amazing. The pizza guy was in yeah, the, the Gilgo case. <laughs> <laughs> They'll go after the pizza guy next. They will. Well, all the major media got it wrong about Hunter Biden, too. They all said on purpose. Uh, that's the purpose. That's the problem. Yes. Intentionally, intentionally, intentionally suppressing the story. That is that is a where where is honesty in news? That's yeah. crazy. Uh, Professor yeah, Dershowitz, anything else before we they're going to force us to take a break. Anything else you want to say? Well, I'm hoping that Israel will take a one year pause. I was on Israeli television today urging them to take a one year pause. Uh, no demonstrations and no more legislation in the year, perhaps pass a constitution. But uh, this has to stop this demonstration, counter demonstration. It's tearing the country apart. So I gave an interview on Israeli television today, and it's gotten a lot of positive reaction by Israelis who want to see this thing end um, in a peaceful and, and, and cooperative way. Yeah, well, bravo. We need uh, some uh, kum- kumbaya here in this country, too. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Professor Dershowitz. Thank you, Professor. Thank you. Good. Let's take a break. And when do we come back with? We have uh, the Attorney General of Missouri who's going after soft on crime prosecutors. And we're going to have more details, of course, on it looks like another indictment against President Trump. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. 
And we are back here on Cats and Cosby again as we are monitoring the grand jury returning an indictment. And uh, wow. if there's uh, Rich Radabali is uh, monitoring it, and if anything really, really super, he's we'll going to break into, break into this uh, news. Absolutely. What, a, isn't, what another unbelievable news day this well, is, John. I told you they were waiting till 5 o'clock to, to 5.30 <laughs> to make sure they get maximum audience. Well, that's why they're here this at Cats and Cosby, John. This uh, situation. Yeah, how sad. How This is all sad. about trying to take off the front pages and off the, the airwaves the Hunter Biden corruption. Yeah, and meanwhile, Trump is skyrocketing in the polls. I mean, one of the latest polls has him uh, beating all the other challengers combined well, in the GOP primary. I mean, that's unbelievable. That's how far I mean, it is. It is crazy. This is we a third about world. I mean, turning us into he, a third world country. Let, let's see. What does your guest want to Yep, say? We have now here the attorney general of the great state of Missouri, Andrew Bailey. Uh, Mr. Attorney General, as we're waiting here on obviously all of this stuff happening uh, with President Trump. First, any reaction to it looks like uh, another indictment uh, coming, this one tied to the election of 2020? Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. But this is disgusting. This is one more example of how Biden has weaponized the federal government, weaponized the Department of Justice to go after political opponents. We've uncovered the worst First Amendment violations in our nation's history in our lawsuit, Missouri v. Biden, where we can demonstrate the Department of Justice has fought to coerce and collude with big tech social media to silence American voices in violation of the First Amendment. And here what we see is another example of the Biden administration weaponizing the federal government to go after political opponents and, and our president. And look, they will use every tool at their disposal to protect the likes of Hillary Clinton from prosecution or the likes of Hunter Biden from prosecution. And they have to be called out by both Congress and the, the district court judge in the, in the Hunter Biden case. Uh, and, and yet here they are using every resource to, to go after uh, President Trump on false charges. It's absolutely disgusting. And we, we can't let Joe Biden destroy the United States of America. And look at the timing of all this, too, Mr. Attorney General. I mean, right after all the stuff with the Hunter Biden plea deal falls apart, and then he had Devin Archer's devastating testimony yesterday. Uh, I mean, look at the timing. Yeah, clearly a distraction, clearly the tail wagging the dog. The Department of Justice wants you to look away from it, the, the, the tragedy of the Hunter Biden story, where they were essentially going to try to give him global immunity for misdemeanor offenses and a get-out-of-jail-free card. And luckily, the district court judge and, and Republicans in Congress called them out on that. We know there's more evidence there, more criminal charges that could be brought there and should be brought there. Uh, and yet, the, you know, the, the, the federal government wants you to look away from that and focus on President Trump. They could have brought these charges two and a half years ago. Mr. Attorney General, that goes right to Farah and to the president, does it not? That's the problem. Yeah, absolutely. And look, if Republicans were doing this, we'd be crucified for it. I mean, it's absolutely disgusting. Imagine if President Trump had tried to behave in this manner. We knew that the deep state weaponized uh, the Department of Justice against President Trump while he was in office, did everything they could to hamstring his ability to govern. And yet, look at all the successes that he brought. I mean, he really did, truly did make America great again in just four years despite all of the pushback from the deep state. And here it's like they've put, you know, they've, they've poured fuel on the fire by weaponizing the Department of Justice against President Trump and a betrayal of our trust and values. And this is not the way the founding fathers intended for this nation to, to operate or for this to work. And certainly this is, a, this is a sad day. It'll be a stain on the history of our great nation that we're allowing the Department of Justice to go after our president like this. Absolutely. Everybody, we are talking to the Attorney General of the great state of Missouri, uh, Andrew and he had, Bailey. He had an interesting case in Missouri. Tell us about the interesting case. 
Which, which... Yes, sir. Yeah, we had a Soros-backed prosecutor in the city of St. Louis that was unlawfully refusing to do her job. You know, we see this in big cities across the United States of America, and we didn't hesitate to, took, to take action. After less than 60 days in office, I filed a, a lawsuit to remove her from her office. 542 businesses had left downtown St. Louis because of her unlawful refusal to do her job. Crime was running rampant. Property was being destroyed. People were being hurt and killed. So we had to take action. We filed that suit without hesitation and forced her out. Uh, certainly are proud of the work we did. We did an analysis. In 96% of crimes reported, she refused to prosecute them. That's no longer prosecutorial discretion. That was her unlawful refusal to do her job. But that's what you get when outside money comes in and, and Soros-backed prosecutors are elected in these, these positions. I mean, the local population and, and uh, economic development and businesses really pay the price. And uh, Mr. Turner-Jones, uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, you also had a very important case where Two lawyers and homeowners were a victim of an attack and trespassing on their grounds, and they showed guns to protect themselves, and those people were prosecuted by this uh, county district attorney. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. The St. Louis Circuit Attorney, the St. Louis City Prosecutor, had no interest in going after the actual criminals that were hurting people and destroying things, and this riotous mob that had broken into this neighborhood, and yet she went after the McCloskeys, a couple who were merely using their firearms to demonstrate that they were willing to defend their property. Well, that's the whole purpose behind the Second Amendment. We have a right to defend ourselves. And when you have a breakdown in the criminal justice system because you have a Soros-backed prosecutor that's refusing to do her job, you have to applaud people like the McCloskeys for, for standing up for themselves. And so uh, that was a deplorable moment in, in the, the, the history of the state of Missouri. But I was proud to work at the, the governor's office at the time and help draft the pardon documents to, to undo what this uh, Soros-backed prosecutor had unlawfully done. Yeah, it's a total perversion because what they're doing is they're prosecuting people who are defending themselves and the lawbreakers are getting away with it. Isn't, isn't St. Louis the place where the, the, the couple was protecting yeah, that's their home? That's what we're talking about. They were protecting their home. Exactly. And they had guns protecting They didn't fire on anybody. I don't think they threatened anybody. And they're the ones that went, went to jail. Or no, they, yes, they, they, they were, were because were, they were not supposed to have the guns. They were like, are you kidding me? We were protecting ourselves. We, it was crazy. No, it was a, was, I, yeah, I, talked, I, I interviewed Mr. McClutzen. What happened in that case? The, the, uh, the attorney general no, was part the of the attorney team. General was part of the team. Go ahead. Yeah, look, the, the that Soros-backed circuit attorney, you know, she, again, ignores the real criminals, but then wants to go after anyone who's lawfully exercising their Second Amendment constitutional rights. And it has a chilling effect on people's uh, ability to, to protect themselves. And so we didn't hesitate to take action. You know, the governor was willing to grant clemency in that case, and I helped draft the pardon documents. Uh, luckily, the court saw what was going on there, that that was a politically motivated prosecution and removed her from the case. They pled it down to misdemeanors. We then went in and, and, and the governor was willing to pardon those two individuals to remove this criminal conviction from their, their criminal history. Because were, were they they pardoned? Anything wrong. They were pardoned? Yes, absolutely. Well, yes, thank sir. you. Thank you so much for bringing us up to date. We're going to have to take a break and we we have to go back to the Trump case and and thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Attorney General. Keep up the good fight. By the way, everybody, uh, the Trump team is now saying that he has been indicted in the January 6th case, that federal case. Let's see who we can get wow. coming on it. Yep. Let's we, take a break and, and we'll be back. And we also have uh, former FBI Assistant Director Chris Schwecker. We can absolutely talk with him Let's about that, that, too. Yeah, right after the break. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. 
And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. And joining us now is Chris Schwecker. He is a former assistant director of the FBI. Uh, Chris, uh, you probably have just heard the news literally just coming down uh, that former President Trump has been indicted by the special counsel, Jack Smith. Uh, this is tied to all the election stuff. I know we were going to talk with you about Devin Archer and Hunter Biden. Uh, but what is your reaction, Chris, also to this big news that just came down? Yeah, not unexpected, but, you know, as someone who headed up all criminal investigations for the Bureau and also an attorney, I'm, I'm going to be looking for concrete actions, not speech in this case. And, uh, you know, I I know that the president, former president, had some pretty star- strong language about the election and that sort of thing, but it's going to have to go well beyond that. So we'll just have to see what the evidence is. I don't want to say anything rash at this point. Well, I think that... It's uh, Judge Richard Weinberg. Uh, I think the problem is they're trying to bifurcate it. They're going to say that they're not going after the I, – I haven't seen the indictment, obviously, but they're not going to go after the speech component. They're going to talk about false affidavits with respect to uh, the electors, the second part of that, that day, January 6th. Yeah, and that, that, that may be – I will say this. I mean, this president, this former president, gets himself in trouble sometimes with his – rhetoric with his uh, with his rash actions and i'm not you know i'm not throwing him under the bus here but some of this is of his own making and i you know i i wish that he would listen to his attorneys when they tell it when they give him good legal advice so we'll we'll have to see what this evidence you know what, well, what kind it's of explosive co- a combination a president as you described and and a prosecutor who has a reputation of being very creative in his indictments and trying his cases in the press so that 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 is True. a uh, that that is made for for uh, publicity. Well, uh, uh, by the way, yeah. for everybody, uh, Chris Swecker was assistant director of the FBI. Yeah, former uh, one. What what area did you serve in? Well, I ran the criminal division of the bureau, but I worked my way up through the ranks as a special agent. So, uh, and I was a former prosecutor. So I kind of look at it with two different hats on. And as you we say, only, I mean, we're, we're only interested in the truth and whatever you feel the truth is, you please, you tell the American people because that, that's all they're interested in. Tell us what's on your mind today and what's uh, on your chest today that you want to, you know. And, let, and well, also, by the way, especially know. about the Devin Archer case, because, uh, uh, you know, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's what's on everybody's mind, I think. And that is at least anybody who's objective is the the the. Incredible contrast between the scorched earth investigation that Jack Smith and and has pursued, as well as others in pursuing Trump, and the hands off, kid gloves investigation of people like Hillary Clinton and Hunter Biden. I mean, we're looking at a at a criminal enterprise when you when you look at the Biden family. I mean, I think there is a mountain of evidence out there that corroborates each other, and maybe some shaky witnesses here and there, but all that information lines up. And it looks a lot like bribery. It looks like wire fraud. It looks like Farah. You know, it looks like a whole bunch, a host of, of violations, possibly even RICO. But yet you see the FBI laying down, DOJ manipulating it. And then we look over at Jack Smith and we look at other investigations and we see complete all out, you know, use every tool in the toolbox type of investigations. You know, the FBI just laid down no grand jury, no search warrants. No, no curiosity, no interview of key witnesses. You know, it's just a, it's an incredible contrast. And I want to ask uh, again, it's Richard Weinberg again. I want to ask you yeah. this 
this question. Goldman, who's a congressman, former prosecutor, and uh, somebody who's part of the Mueller team on so-called Russian collusion, which was a total fabrication, total sham, he goes out yesterday and says, well, Devin Archer didn't say anything. He never said that they talked business on the phone calls. Would you please explain to, to our listeners why you don't need a direct statement just being on 20 or 24 calls is more than sufficient given the circumstances. Please explain that, please. Yeah, that's the way, this is the way a criminal enterprise works. The big guy, the, the boss doesn't issue direct orders to people, but he'll pop in on a phone call to, to show that he is, he's there and he's capable and willing to do what needs to be done. So, it, you know, this is a, this is how it works. And I, you know, it's, people don't, everybody's looking for that express quid pro quo smoking gun. Now, I've seen a lot of prosecutions on a lot less evidence. This is circumstantial evidence. It's there. But we are dealing with the president of the United States. I mean, right. So right. I, I think it's got to be more solid evidence. Right. Uh, like well, we had Professor Dershowitz on before, and, and you need some yeah, solid right. uh, or evidence. a combination right. of a lot you of things. Be, uh, you, you know, you can't be in Brooklyn, uh, you know, prosecuting well, a criminal. Wait, Rudy Washington. Uh, as deputy mayor, if my son was yeah. to call me and say, Dad, uh, say hello to this person, he knows when he got home, he would have to tell me, who did you have me talk to as, as deputy mayor? I want to know and don't do it again. Yeah, that put, is an ethical violation and by the way, that DOI would go after us on. Is that correct? And, 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 put, and put him on the phone with a rogue individual. Well, it's not like some strange person. He needs to go in front of a grand jury. That is the best truth serum out there. He's trying to minimize the, this whole thing. He's trying to walk a fine line and, and not not get the the Bidens and the machine angry at him, but at the same time tell at least a, you know some version of the truth. I could never imagine doing that with my father-in-law, President Nixon. I just could not <laughs> yeah. even think of it. Even when he was a former president, you don't do that. No, he, was, he got on the phone to show the signal. I know what's going on. Have a nice day. It's only about the weather. And that's the signal. 20-odd times you get on the phone every time. It's with business associates. And the sequence of events in a few days from the time when he then he goes to the Ukraine, he has the guy removed as prosecutor. In, in my heart, in my heart, I feel that there's high crimes and misdemeanor. But that's it, in my heart. It doesn't mean we're going to prove it. Yeah, let's see where it goes. By the way, a, a big news today. A Chris Schwecker, the former assistant director of the FBI. Thank you so much for being with Thank us. You. Thank you Take so care. much. And uh, we have some more breaking news coming in here. Breaking news. WABC. Uh, now reports are saying that President Trump has been indicted and charged with four counts in the special counsel's election interference case. This is Jack Smith. Uh, and John joining us now, we've got Jesse Banal, Trump attorney. Uh, Jesse, thank you for being with us on this big breaking news day. Your reaction, uh, to now him being charged four counts. These are federal counts. Special counsel Jack Smith tied to election interference. Well, Rita, this is, this is another very sad day for America. Um, you know, I've, I've just, uh, seen the indictment for the first time. I've not had a, a chance to read much of it. Um, but what I will say is that this is much of, of the same, even worse in a lot of ways from what we've seen from Jack Smith before, where it's an attempt to criminalize politics. Um, this is uh, Jack Smith understanding that 
Um, Donald Trump can get a fair trial in Florida and a fair trial acquits him in Florida. He needed to bring charges someplace where Donald Trump can't get a fair trial. Um, and that is in Washington, D.C. Uh, and they want to make sure that they can take the 2024 election out of the hands of the American people and put it in the uh, put it in the hands of Washington, D.C. judges and a jury. Um, to try to interfere with this election and uh, unilaterally select who the next president of the United States is going to be. This is one of the most dangerous days in American history. Um, however mad and upset people are, quite frankly, in my mind, it's not mad and angry enough. This is um, truly an extraordinary uh, brazen moment from from Jack Smith and his prosecutors. Yeah, it is amazing, and the timing of it. Um, everybody, we're talking to Trump attorney Jesse Benal with this big, huge news that Trump has now been indicted, charged with four more counts uh, from special counsel Jack Smith. This is tied to the election case. Uh, Ed Cox. This is not unprecedented for Jack Smith, is it, his background as a prosecutor? Uh, no, no, it, it is not. Um, you know, unfortunately, Jack Smith has always been a bit of a um, of a zealot, um, which is why I've said it before, and I will say it again, that Mayor Garland knew exactly what he was doing when he appointed Jack Smith to this job. He's someone who wouldn't care about the facts, wouldn't care about the law. If there was somebody that he wanted to go after, he would find a way to go to go after them and use the power of the Department of Justice, the unlimited resources from the Department of Justice to take and try to destroy that person. And the process is the punishment here. Um, They want to take and distract Donald Trump as much as possible um, from his from his campaign and try to make it. Uh, difficult for him to to win again. And Jack Smith, you, you know, we see that he's been reversed 8-0 by the United States Supreme Court, or 9-0 actually, from the Supreme Court in the Bob McDonald case. Um, he's lost a, a number of other political uh, prosecutions um, from his time at the public integrity section, uh, which had huge, huge ethical problems. I've gone up against uh, his, his gang of prosecutors before um, where they have uh, violated the law in regards to a uh, defendant's constitutional rights in front of the grand jury, and they got a motion to dismiss, dismiss granted for prosecutorial misconduct. Um, they violated my own client's rights to uh, to counsel um, by reading my attorney-client communications with my client. Um, this is this is a bad group of people, uh, and really the most important thing that we need to, to do right now as as Americans. Um, is everybody's got to call their members of Congress and, and say, I'll never vote for you again if you if you vote to continue to uh, to fund the Department of Justice under under Jack Smith. What I'm deeply troubled about is the fact that he picked the forum of the District of Columbia and you have a history there of judges, particularly the, the former chief judge yeah. of the district court who uh, literally broke the attorney client privilege shamelessly. What's your thought about that? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, it is really an embarrassment. Um, for some of the judicial uh, acts that we've seen uh, in in Washington D.C., uh, Burl Howe, the the former chief judge, uh, would quite frankly, uh, I think, viewed herself more as a member of the prosecution team than an actual jurist. Um, and she did the same thing um, when she was chief judge during the, the Trump years as, as well during the, the Mueller investigation, in my opinion. Um, and uh, the you know, I'm I'm hopeful that the new chief judge is going to, you know, even though he's an Obama Obama appointee, 
he's going to take his role as a judge more seriously um, than, than Burl Halbed, um, but we'll just have to, to wait and see about that. Uh, but um, the, the the bench in, in D.C. is, uh, quite frankly, it's just very anti-Trump. Um, any kind of company or business, they have a culture, right? You know, at the at the water cooler or, or you know, in the and uh, in, in the bullpen or, or wherever it might be where where people are are talking and have a culture about what they talk about. And unfortunately, in that courthouse in D.C., it's a very, very anti-Trump culture. Um, and they constantly for years have been talking uh, negatively about Donald Trump because, of course, Donald Trump opposes the D.C. establishment, that D.C. bureaucratic establishment that's been running D.C. for decades and decades. And the vast majority of these judges come from that D.C. bureaucratic establishment. Um, and so the uh, uh, the fact that that culture in those judicial chambers is so anti-Trump also makes it impossible, quite frankly, uh, no matter who the judge is, probably uh, to be assigned to, for, for him. And, to get and you trial. haven't mentioned the D.C. press and the fact that Jack Smith loves to try his cases in the press. He has a great audience in D.C., does he not? Oh, oh, yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. Um, uh, there's um, it's it certainly is, is the case where um, the the press uh, Jack Smith, and, uh, they're working, you know, hand in glove uh, together for the most part in in just trying to to bring Donald Trump down. Um, but boy, is Jack Smith making the the press's uh, life easy for them on on doing that because yeah. you know there's there's no group of of uh, people in, in the world that want to take Donald Trump uh, down and make sure he's not president again more than uh, Jack Smith's. Uh, uh, prosecutors. You know, uh, Jesse Bennell, Trump attorney, I just want to read you the counts because we're just getting them in here um, on the indictment. Yeah. Uh, count one is conspiracy to defraud the United States. Count two, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. Count three, obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding. And count four, conspiracy against rights. Uh, that's sort of like the civil rights one that they said that they may go yeah. for. It looks like they did. Um, your thoughts, uh, Trump attorney Jesse Bennell, to these uh, charges? Well, this is um, what he put in the in the target letter, it sounds like. Um, and again, I have not been able to, re- to review the indictment in detail yet, but it sounds like this is exactly what we expected from the target letter. And it just simply is the criminalization of politics. Um, like we, we talked about last week, there is legal precedent for every single thing that Donald Trump did um, in the, uh, uh, the days and weeks after the November 2020 election. And um, you can most certainly give a speech where you ask people to peacefully and patriotically make their voices heard. That is protected First Amendment speech. But there's another part of the First Amendment, too, um, the petition clause of the First Amendment that says you can petition the government for redress of grievances. And so that means when you you know ask Congress to uh, to choose another uh, set of electors, that's something that is very, very clearly on all fours protected by the First Amendment. Um, and uh, yeah, there's there's any number of, of other legal failings that we could just go on and on about for hours about why none of this uh, is is and possibly could be a crime. Um, but uh, um, that's not going to stop Jack Smith because he, he doesn't care about the facts and he doesn't care about the law. He cares about getting Donald Trump 
All right. Well, thank you, uh, Jesse Vanell. We so appreciate you being here on such a big, important news day. Uh, Trump attorney, thank you for your insights, Jesse. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Jesse. You're thank terrific. You, Jesse. And we're going to have a lot more coverage about this after the break, too, John, as well. Let's, let's take a break and then let's see where it takes us. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. Breaking news, WABC. And we are continuing with this big news just coming in again that President Trump has been indicted, charged with four counts, charged uh, changing, tied to the election. And we're changing our programming. Case. We had uh, uh, we had uh, Chang. Yep, Gordon Chang, Gordon and Chang also on. Dr. Sky. And Dr. Sky, he's going to tell us about. There's going to be a blue moon out there tonight. So without Dr. Sky, if you if you have a clear night, go out and look at the blue moon. It's a once-in-a-lifetime situation. Wow. Well, I think it's once-in-a-lifetime uh, that we now have a former president who's been indicted three times. At Speaking least. of, yeah, wow. For two weeks to go to Georgia. Yeah, you're right. It's like every month there's another indictment, it seems. Every day it seems like another indictment. And joining us now, we have a former federal prosecutor, Doug Burns, who's joining us here on the show on this big breaking news. Doug, your reaction? Well, having served in the Department of Justice for nine years, and my late father having served as Deputy Attorney General in the second Ronald Reagan term, I am flabbergasted. I cannot believe, just as a matter of legal X's and O's, that you would take a case, a white-collar case, non-violence, non-narcotics, non-organized crime, and re-indict an individual. Normally what happens is they would hold off on the case, they would see if justice is not vindicated in the first case, and then would discuss possibly bringing a second case. That's a standard fundamental Department of Justice policy and procedure. So, I mean, obviously you see it for what it is. They weren't happy, most likely, with the Florida venue. You heard all the talk about that. Um, So now they want to be in Washington, D.C. But always remember something. If somebody robs a bank and it's on the bank video, it doesn't matter whether you bring the case in Florida or Washington, guys. What does it say about the timing of this, Doug Burns? I mean, this comes after what has been a devastating uh, week or so uh, in the Biden investigation. You know, you had the Hunter Biden plea deal fall apart. Yeah, the ex-best friend uh, go to Congress yesterday. Uh, look at the timing of this. Well, it's crystal clear that, you know, the minute something develops on the reverse political side that could be negative, boom, they come out with this sledgehammer. I mean, we now have the former president of the United States, Donald John Trump. He's been indicted three times. The first case, as brilliantly, you know, gone over on your show, um, is just absolute, you know, garbage. So put that to the side, the Alvin Bragg thing. That'll never go anywhere, never be tried, et cetera. The second case is in Florida, um, and it's most likely a very uh, defensible case. And now you have this, you know, repeat double charge, piling on. I'm looking on my TV screen. You look at these statutes. It tells on all the war horse veteran like me, you know, conspiracy to obstruct, attempt, conspiracy against rights. I mean, these are the sort of vaguest, most broad statutes, you know, involved. But again, hang a footnote. Let me look at the indictment, read it and study it. Then I can give you a better opinion. But this is really hard to believe in terms of just political piling on. I'm really shocked. I talked to a friend of mine, longtime federal prosecutor, and he's just disgusted and horrified, and he can't believe it. Can I ask uh, one question? All all the lawyers in our country, where is the uh, rule of law? I mean, mean, why isn't there more screaming out there? 
Again, John, it's such a good point, of course. I mean, man, how in the world can you have this type of thing going on here um, where you have such political partisanship? You know, I mean, essentially, as all the experts have said, you're talking about criminalizing differences of opinion and criminalizing politics. So the point is, if John Q. Public wants to say, behavior was poor, maybe even unethical, ill-advised politically. That's on one side. The other side would be it's a full-on federal crime. So back to your question, John. Yeah. Where is the accountability for the Department of Justice behavior here? It's insane. But the good news, possibly, is it may really blow up in their faces. I mean, yeah, it's hard to say. We were, yeah, they yeah. were going to make Garland a Supreme Court justice. I know. And, and Alan Dershowitz was on the show, and I remember him saying, oh, he would make a great Supreme Court justice. Yeah, well, and look what's to, happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but but in all fairness, I mean, Merrick Garland, if he took an aptitude test, you know, professor or judge, not an executive in a million years ever. That's number one. Number two, these people go down there and they just get swept up in the politics. I mean, back to my dad, not to repeat it, but when he left DOJ, he became visibly angry with me a number of times. He said, you must depoliticize the Department of Justice. He was ripping mad. And the point is, he's rolling over in his grave because this is what he said times 100, John. Wow. It's a... Doug, it's Richard Weinberg. I had the pleasure of yeah. meeting your father, and he was, oh, an, extra- thank you. He was an extraordinary man. And you're right, thank he you would that. be spinning in his grave. And I'm looking at the indictment right now. You turn to page two. This is all boilerplate, generic nonsense. Yeah. There's no yeah, there, there, because Demo- – and I'm the Democrat. Remember that. Yeah. Democrats yeah, for years yeah. are challenging – are challenging in the Congress – Electoral no, votes. They, they just want to make headlines. There's no there, there, Doug. And Ed Cox, you have a real quick uh, comment, Ed Cox. Yeah, uh, Jack Smith here, his reputation. Uh, what do you think of that? I mean, how in the world can you respect a guy um, who is this nakedly, obviously political? And back to the judge's point, yeah, where is the there? I mean, it's just crazy town right now, guys, crazy town. It sure is. Doug Burns, thank you for joining thank us, you former so much, federal Doug. prosecutor on such a big guys. news thank day. You. We God love you, Doug. You. Thank you, Doug. Well, wow, the only thing we can pray for, I am praying. The only thing I'm not asking, I am praying for truth, justice, justice and, and the American, American way. way. God bless America. We need God's blessing. This-